Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue on through the book of Jeremiah and we are on chapter 14 in the book of Jeremiah and Jeremiah is sending warning after warning from God to the people of Judah in making sure they know and understand that judgment is coming, that repentance is needed. And if they don't turn and repent and turn back to God, there is going to be judgment. In chapter 14, verse 1, the message came to Jeremiah from the Lord explaining why he was holding back the rain. So they've been in a drought and God's been withholding the rain from the land, the, the land that they were living in depending depended on the rains for their land to flourish. And they've been in extreme doubt, drought. In verse 2, Judah wilts, commerce at the gate at the city gates grind to a halt all the people sit on the ground in mourning and a great cry rises from jerusalem the nobles send servants to get water but all the wells are dry the servants return with empty pitchers confused and desperate covering their heads in grief the ground is parched and cracked for lack of rain the farmers are deeply troubled they too cover their heads. Even the doe abandons her newborn bond because there's no grass in the fields. The wild donkeys stand on the bare hills, panting like thirsty jackals. They strain their eyes looking for grass, but there's none to be found. The people say, Our wickedness has caught up with us, Lord, but help, but help us for the sake of your own reputation. We have turned away from you and sinned against you again and again. O oh, hope of Israel, our Savior in times of trouble, why are you like a stranger to us? Why are you like a traveler passing through the land, stopping only for the night? Are you also confused? Is our champion helpless to save us? You are right here among us, Lord. We are known as your people. Please don't abandon us now. So this is what the Lord says to his people. You love to wander far from me and do not restrain yourselves. Therefore, I will no longer accept you as my people. Now I, I will remember all your wickedness and I will punish you for your sins. He's saying, you call yourselves my people, but you've wandered away from me. You're not my people anymore because you walked away. When we walk away from God, we're walking away and God will let us go. In verse 11, then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for these people any longer. When they fast, I will pay no attention. When they represent their burnt offerings and grain, when they present their burnt offerings and grain offerings to me, I will not accept them. Instead, I will devour them with war, famine, and disease. Then I said, O oh, sovereign Lord, their prophets are telling them all is well, no war or famine will come. The Lord will surely send you peace. Then the Lord said, These prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not give them any messages. The prophets, they prophesy of visions and revelations they have never seen or heard. They speak foolishness made up in their own lying hearts. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will punish these lying prophets, for they have spoken in my name, even though I never sent them. They say that no war or famine will come, but they themselves will die by war and famine. As for the people to whom they prophesy, their bodies will be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem, victims of famine and war. There will be no one left to bury them. Husbands, wives, sons, and daughters will all be gone. 
for I will pour out their own wickedness on them. Now, Jeremiah, say this to them. Night and day my eyes overflow with tears. I cannot stop weeping. For my virgin daughter, my precious people, has been struck down and lies mortally wounded. If I go out into the fields, I see the bodies of people slaughtered by the enemy. If I walk the city streets, I see people who have died of starvation. The prophets and priests continue their work, but they don't know what they're doing. Lord, have you completely rejected Judah? Do you really hate Jerusalem? Why have you wounded us past all hope of healing? We hoped for peace, but no peace came. We hoped for a time of healing, but found only terror. Lord, we confess our wickedness, and that of our ancestors too. We all have sinned against you for the sake of your reputation, Lord. Do not abandon us. Do not disgrace your own glorious throne. Please remember us and do not break your covenant with us. Can any of the worthless foreign gods send us rain? Does it fall from the sky by itself? No, you are the one, O Lord our God. Only you can do such things. So we will wait for you to help us. So in this chapter, there is this huge drought and they don't have any water and they're rejecting God. They're sinning. They're worshiping false idols. And it's because of the sins that God's withholding the life giving rain. And he's keeping his promise to Israel. They entered into a covenant relationship with God because they were confident that they were going to stay in this covenant and that they would follow God with all their heart. But God keeps his word. God keeps his promises. He is God. And if they follow God and chase after God, they'll receive blessings from God in their lives. They will flourish in the blessings of God and be a blessing to the nations around them. But if they don't choose God and chase after sin and false idols and worship false gods and oppress the poor and widows and hungry people, and if they kill their babies... They are going to receive the judgment and the punishment of God. And God keeps his word and they are about to receive the punishment and judgment of God. They're going to experience famine and war and they are not blessings to the nations around them. And this entering into a covenant relationship with God is serious and God is always faithful. And he told them, he warned them and he sent prophet after prophet to warn them. And he keeps telling them and and begging them to turn. He does not want to lose a single soul. And there's false prophets that are telling them we're fine. We're in Jerusalem. There's not going to be any famines or wars or any diseases. We're fine, but they're not true prophets. God is not telling him those things. And that's, that's what he's telling them. Like, look, I didn't send those people. They're liars. And he weeps. He mourns the fact that his people are not churning to him. They're not choosing to him. They're not repenting. They're remorseful that they're suffering, but they're not repenting and turning to God. There's a huge difference, huge difference. And he's been patient and he sent warning after warning, but time is running out and judgment is falling. And the time is coming when it's going to be too late and Jerusalem will be taken over. And A faithful God cannot violate his own word. He told 
everyone that this would happen. So now it is about to happen. And he sent all the warnings in the world, but they refuse to listen. They harden their hearts and say, no way, that's never going to happen. And we'll continue with that in verse one of chapter 15. Then the Lord said to me, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, I would not help them away with them, get them out of my sight. And if they say to you, but where can we go? Tell them this is what the Lord says. Those who are destined for death to death, those who are destined for war to war, those who are destined for famine to famine, those who are destined for captivity to captivity. I will send four kinds of destroyers against them, says the Lord. I will send the sword to kill, the dogs to drag away, the vultures to devour, and the wild animals to finish up what's left. Because of the wicked things Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem, I will make my people an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Who will feel sorry for you, O Jerusalem? Who will weep for you? Who will even bother to ask how you are? You have abandoned me and turned your back on me, says the Lord. Therefore, I will raise my fist to destroy you. I am tired of always giving you another chance. I will winnow you like grain at the gates of your cities, and I will take away the children you hold dear. I will destroy my people because they refuse to change their evil ways. There will be more widows than the grains of sand on the seashore. At noontime, I will bring a destroyer against the mothers of young men. I will cause anguish and terror to come on them suddenly. The mother of seven grows faint and gasps for breath. Her son has gone down while it is still day. She sits childless now, disgraced and humiliated, and I will hand over those who are left to be killed by the enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then I said, What sorrow is mine, my mother? Oh, that I had died at birth. I am hated everywhere I go. I am neither a lender who threatens to foreclose nor a borrower who refuses to pay, yet they all curse me. The Lord replied, I will take care of you, Jeremiah. Your enemies will ask you to plead on their behalf in times of trouble and distress. Can a man break a bar of iron from the north or a bar of bronze? At no cost to them, I will hand over your wealth and treasures as plunder to your enemies, for sin runs rampant in your land. I will tell your enemies to take you as captives to a foreign land, for my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. Then I said, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I'm suffering. When I discover your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. I never joined the people in their merry feasts. I sat alone because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. Why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. And this is how the Lord responds. Jeremiah is crying out. He's in distress. He's suffering. This is not an easy mission. And God responds, if you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesperson. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. 
They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect and rescue you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men. I will rescue you from their cruel hands. God's reminding Jeremiah of the mission that it is a hard mission, but God is with him. God is with him at every step of the way. When we are following Christ with all of our guts, the world around us is not going to be happy. They're not going to embrace us and love us because the world is full of evil and wickedness. It is not an easy mission, but God is with us. And he just asks us to be faithful and trust him. He's got us. And the nation had followed King. King Manasseh was a very evil king. And he encouraged Judah in sinning, and he ended up bringing the downfall of the kingdom. God was punishing the nation for their evil wickedness and for constantly turning to evil and wickedness and killing children and sacrificing them to false gods and walking in sin every day of their lives and not even being embarrassed about it. And he he doesn't want to kill anyone. He doesn't want to punish. He really doesn't want to. He called out time and time again. He gave warning after warning and he has no pleasure in this, but he doesn't have a choice because they're not listening. They're not turning and wickedness and evil have to be judged. Wickedness and evil and sin has to be accounted for. And Jesus is returning and judgment is coming and wickedness and evil will be dealt with. And how it is dealt with in our lives depends on how we walk through our lives now that we are in. If we choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior, submit to him, humble our lives before him and let him lead and guide us. His blood atones for our lives and we are seen as righteous and pure before God. We are safe in his arms because he saves us by his blood. It's up to us to choose to follow after God chase him with all our guts and desire him more than anything around us. And Jeremiah was very human. He had failings. He wasn't perfect. And he's tired. And he cries out to God. He's honest with God. God wants us to be honest with him. He was learning to walk by faith, which meant obeying God's words, no matter how he felt or what he saw, or what other people around him are doing to him. He is called to do his work faithfully and be obedient. The outcome is up to God, and it's up to God to handle the outcome. We're called to be obedient and just serve God and chase after God with all our guts and walk out his will for our lives. He does not want us to ignore our feelings because he created us with feelings, but he does want us to trust him to change our feelings and start walking by faith fully in him and trusting God over our feelings when our feelings could potentially lead us astray. Our feelings are not trustworthy, but God is. And he wants us to experience feelings, but not trust them or rely on them for our decisions. All of our decisions should be made in God and God alone for every step of our lives. Thanks, y'all. I hope we're having a great day.